What is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about our reactions coming out of a tough loss in Tennessee, what we can do to improve, and how we can salvage this season. All that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon Uncle B. Ricketts. We are smiling through the pain, recording <laughs> right after, um, man, just a gut-wrenching loss. I mean, do, just, what, what can I say at this point? I mean, how are you feeling? I don't even know. Ah, man, I, you know, to be honest, man, and, you know, I just, <laughs> you, words can describe how I feel. It's more this week, probably more frustration and anger than anything else this week. It's it's gut-reaching. It really is. You're coming off a bye week, and then you do that against the Tennessee Titans? Come on, man. Oh, I just, I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching the game, and we'll get into some of our analysis in just a second. I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking, Number one, I have no faith in this team to come back and put up points at the end there when they when needed it. But, you know, just, of course, if, if it's not one thing, it's another. And we were right there on that fourth down play. I'm standing up. Abigail, my wife, thinks I'm crazy. And I've got my flag. And I'm, you know, rubbing it on my neck for good luck, which never works. I don't know why I keep doing it. And then you know, we, we can't get the fourth down. And I knew at that point the game was over, even if we got the ball back. And it just encapsulated the entire day frustration man and so um man with that i mean let's get into our one word in our immediate reaction we can kind of flesh out some of our feelings but i'll start uh, my one word was just i was just devastated i was devastated today i mean you look at our schedule you look at our record we're now two and five we we're two and four coming into the the week it was already not a good place to be and and we could have arguably been three and three you know, save for a, a chip, uh, chip in field goal that was missed in the Giants game. But, you know, as uh, Warren Sapp would say, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. So, you know, it happened. It is what it is, right? We're two and five after this game. And uh, I'm just devastated. I mean, we started this podcast, Brandon, because we had faith. <laughs> we were excited. We wanted to talk uh, you about know, the Bucks. And it's funny because, like, you know, someone called, you know, was like calling us out. Like, we were having, you know, guts to like start a podcast on a Los Angeles team that was at the point when we played them was a pretty good Los Angeles team uh, talking about the Rams. And here we come, you know, we're like, what, three weeks into it now, four weeks counting the bye week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we play, you know, a team that is struggling just like we are. And literally it was the same thing that we saw in London turnover mistakes repeatedly. It was it was awful. I mean, it was like watching literally Pee Wee football out there on the Buck side of the ball. On the offense, it's anyway. Un- yeah, and it's just unacceptable. And we'll get into which you know, kind of our highs and lows. But that I just felt that that kind of devastated pit of your stomach feeling. And you know, like you said, we started and uh, we came out hot. What a great episode to start on! Uh, it was the Rams, kind of the lone outlier of the season you know where uh the both sides of the football well the offense looked really good defense did just enough we put up uh, the double nickel 55 on the the defending nfc champs and and we felt really good and then it's been three losses in a row and and bruce arian said it himself if you have good leadership you don't lose two in a row Well, what does it mean when we lose three in a row Uh, i'm just devastated i i don't i really don't know what else to say other than i'm sad i'm you know, it's just one of those things, being a Bucks fan, you, you get accustomed to getting this gut, gut-wrenching gut feeling. But I tweeted this out, um, and if you're not following us, it's at Beware the Bay on Twitter. Shout out. I tweeted this out that I told everybody, I told them all, I said, this is going to be a different Bucks team. Just watch. We have Bruce Arians. He's a proven coach with a track record. Two-time coach of the year. Turned around um, the, the Colts season after Chuck Pagano got sick. Turned around the Arizona Cardinals franchise. He can do it here, and we're seeing some of the same exact things we saw last season. Same Bucks team. Um, and it's frustrating. And I don't. And I don't want to cut you off, but I don't think this is going to have to do with anything with what you have coaching wise. I think it's what you have to do with in the front office. And I'm calling out Jason Lynch right here because 
this is someone who's drafted multiple people on both sides of the ball who we haven't seen any production from. Nothing has been done. And we're seeing nothing on no product being put onto the field for us to go, hey, this is giving us playoff hope. Hey, this is giving us chance. You know, time and time again, oh, you know, it's all the hype in the offseason. You know, we got big names, Dominican Sue, you know, JPP, you know, all these big names have come onto this team, and yet we slip the you know, they fall through the cracks because you don't have the complimentary football on either side of the ball to play for. And it's getting really ridiculous up to this point now. And I'm getting sick and tired of it. And, and I hear you, and I, I, I see totally where you're coming from. I think, from my perspective, it's a team effort. It's a front office effort, uh, and it's a coaching effort that have – well, and I say that as far as, as far as the leadership is concerned. Obviously, the players are still out there playing, and they're doing some really stupid stuff. But as far as coaching and the people who are leading our organization – Brandon, mental mistakes like that, that's what coaches fix. And that would be the only thing I would kind of, you know, contend with. I totally agree that Jason Light has absolutely whiffed on a couple of these things. You saw that um, – uh, who was it? Um, uh, Carlton guy Davis. Who we no, uh, the guy who was a healthy scratch today. Um, one of the cornerbacks uh, who dra- drafted uh, Stewart. Uh, Stewart, he was a healthy scratch today and instead starting one of the cornerbacks that we took in this year's draft. I mean, it's time and time again we see these draft picks not panning out. And, uh, you know, I'm not one of the ones that's like thinking we should go ahead and fire him and all this kind of stuff because I think part of the reason why Bruce Arians came out of retirement was because of him. However, he has not shown us a lot as far as picks panning out. And, uh, you know, uh, that's frustrating. But my point still stands is that you see see teams – interchange players and I'm not saying that Bruce Arians has to be Belichick but you see the Patriots you know and and some of these higher tier teams with phenomenal coaches yes they have great players they have phenomenal players but they interchange all these players all the time and you see a standard I'm not saying it's the same record but a standard of what a football team is supposed to look like we don't even look NFL ready man like we're how does we're on the freaking goal line and Perriman runs into that play will go down as probably the worst play in history next to the Colts fake punt attempt next to uh, the Jets butt fumble next to uh, the Jets ghost interception. By the way, we had one ourselves today. Today, you know, it's just it's 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 ridiculous. It's it's. uh, uh, uh. Brandon, this is what I'm saying is so frustrating because I expected this out of Mike Smith's defense, or I expected this, uh, and, and really I don't want to rag too much on the defense because they really held their own, but I expected this out of a team led by a dirt cutter who gets up at the podium. We were all we all remember this as Bucks fans. He said, I just don't know. I don't know what we're doing wrong. I don't know what we can do to fix it. He said, I don't know. A coach in the NFL said that, and I expected this kind of thing out of that team but not a Bruce Arians-led team. So I don't want to talk up too much of the time, but um, if you have any more you know, reactions or what your one word is, lay it on me. Ah, man, it's just – I've you've kind of heard my rant. Like, and, I, and I'm just kind of sick and tired of – you know, it's the same old, same old week in and week out. You know, we're seeing the same thing. You know, it's just frustration. And it, just being a Buck fan, uh, you know, being Bucks fans, that's what you and I are. You know, yeah. we're no professionals. You know, we're just speaking our mind. You know, we may not have the greatest common sense, so we're just speak. You know, we're just saying things into a microphone, and you guys are just listening to it to the to the people, the thirty people that are listening to this. But in all our honest opinion, you know, in my opinion anyway, you know, what we see on the field is a product of wow an Alabama football team coming in here can just basically roll over us <laughs> if you really think about it. And it, and it's sad to, to think that, but just the way things were happening just time and time again, it was just like, okay, well, we've seen this before. And then you see Perryman just run over Ronald jo- – or who was it, Barber or Ronald Jones, whoever it was. Okay. And, yeah, it was a good ball, yeah. And it's just like – like what is going on and then like one of the plays where Vernon Hargraves is calling for help and no one's going over to help until the last Uh, second when it was too late like we said it a couple weeks ago 
we got to get some help in that backfield. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, it's just anger. That's the really well, where I'm coming from right now. And I agree with you. And I think, especially this is surprising. Uh, I saw a couple of tweets about this. This is so surprising coming off the bye as well. You've had so much time to think about, prepare to scheme, to work out some kinks, to get healthy, all that kind of stuff. And this is what we see. But before we rag on them, and we have plenty to rag on them about, we've got a lot of lows this week. I want to shift over to the highs um, and what we saw from the game. You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm going to go before you, and I'm going to steal it from you, okay? Um, my, my number one high was Mike Evans. I mean, how can he not be uh, your number one high, right? I mean, the guy was ridiculous. He was just, like, unearthly. It was like you, you took somebody and you ramped him up on Madden, all the stats, you know, and then you made him, like, five feet taller than everybody else, and he's just – that's kind of how it seemed. I mean, the guy had – 198 yards, two yards shy of, of 200 yards and, and two touchdowns, which were beauties. I mean, constantly making catches. I mean, he had one drop that should have been a touchdown, uh, but the rest of the day was just stellar until they, um, you know, started stacking coverages uh, to kind of scheme him out of the game. But man, uh, he had a phenomenal game and I give him props. Um, he is the number one receiver on this team. Godwin's amazing. He is. Um, but Mike Evans is the number one player on this team and he's, uh, I would say the best offensive weapon um, maybe that we've ever had in franchise history. I'll go out on a limb and say it. I think he is uh, one of the best offensive weapons we have ever had in the history of Tampa Bay uh, football. And and I'm excited. Oh, for that, sure. Yeah, I'm excited he's on our team. And, and, I and really hope he, that. what, he yeah. beat James Wilder, Wilder. Sorry, I'm saying his name wrong. But he's, he's second all-time in most touchdowns uh, on the team now, or – in team history, only second to Mike Allstott. So, like, that says a lot. That says a lot right there. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, he's only been in the league for six years. Is that right? This is his sixth season? This is this is, this is is true. You are spitting facts, my friend. I, I'm spitting only facts. Uh, only facts over here. This is the <laughs> um, Yeah, in six seasons, he's accomplished uh, what, what has taken others a, a lot longer. And he's constantly producing – and, you know, he has a game every once in a while where he'll, um, you know, for whatever reason, kind of get taken out of the game. But, man, he is so dangerous. And the chemistry that he has with Winston, um, which who knows how long uh, that's going to last, if Winston's going to continue to be the quarterback into the future. But he, he just he just produces, man. Uh, you can't stop him. So that's my number one high from the game. What's your number one high? Uh, you know what? Even though the score doesn't say we did well today, I'm giving it to the defense. The defense stood out today. You guys did your job. They stood out in coverage. They did their job. When it was time for them to cover, they covered. The defense, when they rushed four, they got the four and they covered. That's They did their jobs today. The four guys up front, they did their job. And I think the whole defense in general did their job. And they, We saw coverages like they were supposed to. Yeah, we had some hiccups. But if you think about it, the two touchdowns in the be- beginning in the first half, if we didn't have that missnap or we didn't have that interception, we'll talk about those later. Those touchdowns don't exist, and it's easily the Bucks game right there. The defense looked awesome to me. Yeah. And yeah, you so- and and you like you can't take away what yeah. you saw, you know, from the offenses, you know, from anything else that happened, but between the pass rush and the everything was clicking and that was something that we had been missing for the first time and literally every game that we've ever played yeah and and look what something i i noticed was look how much it helped to have a pass rush that was effective it, even if they didn't get the sack to add that level of pressure I mean, it really helped our defensive backs. Um, they, they didn't have – I mean, Carlton Davis had a, a pretty great game uh, except for, you know, those, those penalties, which could have swung the game. Uh, other than that, I mean, he, he was pretty stellar, and, and you had some really good play uh, from some of the other defensive backs. But, you know, I mean, they need help. And Tannehill was still missing some wide-open receivers. I mean, I saw a couple plays, and I'm like, golly, I'm glad we had a pass rush because it helped the defensive backs – to uh, put Tannehill kind of in a in that alert mindset and uh, to not necessarily be able to make the right read uh, when the defensive backs were exposed. That's that's what complementary football is, right? You're talking about 
um, this, and I looked at the stats. Um, again, we held another team to under 100 run yard, rush yards as 72. And, uh, and, and look at this. Our passing defense only allowed 174 yards. Uh, and I think that that's, that's correct, man. I, it, what a game uh, to, to only allow uh, that many yards. It's, it's fantastic to me um, that they were able to kind of put things together finally with both sides of the pass defense and the run defense. And we're not sitting here going, oh, well, the run defense is great, but, you know, they did they did enough on defense. I thought it was great. Yeah, and, you know, you got, like we, like I said, like you, we can't find too many bright spots in this game, but you got to give the bright spot to the defense right there, you know. Now that I'm calming down and I'm, like, I'm going back and I'm reviewing some things as we're going over this, like, we're just spinning this out, like, literally, this is our instant reaction, you know, like, this, you know, this is our now, hold on, literally. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's the um, it's an immediate reaction. We don't want to take away from our good buddies over at the uh, Petercast. Okay. Oh, they have that's an fact. We're not stepping on their their turf. We we just like to get our podcast out while we're feeling it in the moment, right? And uh, this is and this just, is facts. Uh, yeah. So and and hey, let me let me also point out that these are some amazing numbers with Jason Pierre-Paul returning back to the lineup, and that's a huge storyline. Um, he got a sack, which was awesome to see. What a great story. Two Second play of the off. game. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. The guy is just a, he's a game record. He's he's a game changer. I think he brings just this intensity, this leadership. It's it's awesome. Then you have Shaq Barrett with a sack. Great. Two tackles for loss. Big money. Oh, yeah. Just great on the defensive lines. Vita Vea, Sue getting a push up the middle, not allowing us uh, them to run. I saw a play where Vea holds on to the the tackle that's on him or the guard and then wraps Derrick Henry up with one hand. I just – it blows my mind how strong that guy is. The defense really put it together this game. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, so I got another high, and then you can do – if you have another high, but you got to give it to the leg of Matt Gay. That guy kept us in the game. If he did not keep us in the game, this game is blown out of the water. It's over. We basically get blown out fourteen, you know, fourteen to twenty-seven. It doesn't even stay close. You know, we barely get those touchdowns anyway. But with three kicks, mm, man, that man is on fire right now. You got to give him some credit too. He's got like uh, what, like eighteen in a row or something like that. Am I- uh, uh, why did you say that? Why? Why? Why jinx him? Why? Why would you do that? We already have a curse. We already have a curse on us. We already have the Matt Bryant curse on us. We sent that to um, to Atlanta when they got rid of him, okay? And they brought him back. So just just why? Why would you do something okay, like that? I redacted my statement. I officially redacted. I mean, who cares how many he has in a row? Even though he might, you know, he might miss, and then it would take away all the things that you were saying. And you know, I mean, then you know, we could be back in the kicking. Um, you know, hell of the league, and uh, I'm just kidding. No, I, I but really I mean, like- we we could have been the Bears today who lost on a last second field goal. You know, I saw it. I know that was crazy. Yeah, Matt Gay, man, he's 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 turned it around after that miss in uh, against the Giants. I mean, I think he's he's perfect so far. So I don't want to jinx him, but it's really cool. I, I think he's doing a great job. Um, yeah, I got one more high. Um, just I would say it's nice to have a little bit of a spark with punt returns. You know, I was I was thinking that, you know, with Bobo Wilson, he was cut from the team. He he wasn't producing. I think it was like three yards a pop. That's just not going to cut it. And uh, this game we had a, a nice uh, clean, I think it was a 40-yard return. You know, a couple uh, couple yard returns here and there. But um, I, was, I was impressed with the job that T.J. Logan did back there. And to be able to just provide a spark, you know, you don't really need somebody who's going to – you know, almost house it every time. You just need a little bit of a spark and, and a little bit of a dangerous, um, uh, somebody who's a little dangerous back there who can make a cut and uh, give you some positive yards. And so I was happy with that. They, they made some moves around there. And so who knows what's going to happen there. But yeah, I, and I, we, I think we both talked about it two weeks ago, at, right after the London game. We both said he was probably going to be either staying in London or trying to hitchhike home because there was, there was no way we were going to keep them. And sure enough, the following Monday, they waved them on the uh, waiver wire. So um, yep. that was much expected. And, um, you know, I think, you know, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but one of my guys uh, is probably going to be left uh, looking for a job at the end of the night too. So, 
Yeah, well, you know, you kind of foreshadow it. Let's let's get on to the lows. Um, do you want to start with uh, your your number one low? Um, I don't really want to because then I'm going to start going <laughs> on a rant and I'm not going to stop. So let's okay, just go well, ahead and well, start let, with you. Yeah, let me jump in. Okay, I, I'm going to say, and I might take it from you, but it, it's got to be the number one low is turnovers. Um, we had four turnovers today, uh, which is – uh, hey, that's a little bit of an improvement from seven, but it's still not going to cut it. This is the NFL. You can't have that many turnovers. You're not going to win games when the other team has, what, one turnover and you have four? It, I mean, it, I saw a mind-boggling stat that the Titans' offense had, like, you know, I mean, under 20 yards, and they were up 14-3 to three because of a couple of the turnovers that we committed. Now, if you look at the box score, you might think, so if somebody hadn't watched the game and they're just kind of logging on and there may be a casual Bucks fan, let me calm you down just a little bit. Not too much, but just a little bit. You might think that this was one of those catastrophes from Jameis Winston. That's not the full story. It really isn't. The first fumble, that was Jensen, the center, snapping the ball too early. It hit Jameis in the face mask. Jameis was looking around. He wasn't ready for it. That's not. You should see the replay. You have to go back and look. The, his face was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it hits him in the face mask. That's not on him, right? Um, the second fumble, that's not on Jameis either. Uh, it was hit on the blind side. Donovan Smith barely touched the defender. He comes around clean, hits Jameis before Jameis can get the ball out. And and it was quick. I mean, Jameis almost had the ball out. It was Jameis was getting the ball out real quick, and, and this time it wasn't quick enough because he literally got around Donovan Smith. I mean, quicker than you could just drop a pin to the floor. It was, it was crazy. And so that's not on – Jameis um, either. And, but so those two interceptions. Yeah, so those two interceptions okay, are. I'm going to that. get to that. But the first interception was mostly on Jameis. Now, look, I saw him talking to Chris Godwin. Maybe, you know, we don't know what the play call was. We don't know if Godwin missed a, you know, missed a hot route or something like that. It seemed like Jameis was looking for Chris Godwin to go upfield and Godwin cut in. Now, it was still way too high. That ball was crazy high and so that one's on Jameis you just can't do that it gave the ball to the Tennessee Titans they converted um, with a touchdown right there and uh, the the last interception of course was a desperation heave but still I'm not going to even let Jameis get off the hook for that one it wasn't even that good of a desperation heave it, it looked like though. the one that he threw it looked like the one he threw in um, London just a couple weeks ago with Mike Evans like he wasn't in communication with his wide receiver I mean, granted, the one with Mike Evans, like, he let up on the route. But when you're down a touchdown and you're going for a touchdown, it's a go route. You're not trying to find a slant inside anywhere. It's a go route. And that's right. what Perryman was doing. And what Jameis threw was a slant route kind of pass. And the defender just basically ate it up. That's literally yeah. all it was. And to me, it's – and I'm tr not trying to steal your thunder. This is what happens when, you know, I get on a rant now. But – Jameis is not thinking. He's not, yeah. you know, he's not settling down. He's getting frustrated. He walked off the field grabbing his face mask and, like, looked like he was a five-year-old fixing a breakdown just because he threw another interception, knowing that he doesn't have another chance now to win the game. I'm sorry, buddy. This is not college anymore. This is the NFL. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to get no second chances. This is you know, go hard or go home. And you're in your contract here. Yeah. You it's are not, starting to really lose lose it right now, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, not good enough. And you know, I was gonna I was gonna hit on a couple of things, but then I wanted to bring it back to um, it's an important conversation about, you know, where we're at with Jameis Winston. Um, but let me let me say this is we pretty much dominated in all the major major statistical categories this game. Total yards, 389 to 246. We're up there. Uh, total passing yards, 283 to 174. Up there. Total rushing, 106 to 72. Up there. We've got more first downs, 23 to 16. Um, we, we really played a good game, all things considered, um, except for turnovers. I mean, look at how – see, this is my main argument with Jameis Winston, is you get some stellar ball games out of him. But the reality is, is that the NFL, it's a game of turnovers. That is so important in the course of an NFL game that you don't turn the ball over two times, three times, four times as much as the opposing team. How do you expect to win football games if your turnover rate 
is that high. And it, and it like you said, it, it, I would say from what I can see of Jameis, I just get worried every time he drops past the ball. Yeah, I don't think he's thinking as much like you said. And, uh, man, I, I looked over at Abigail at one point. And I said, man, what this team would be if we had a consistent quarterback behind center. I mean, the defense is playing great. You've got phenomenal receivers. You maybe don't even have to have the arm to chuck it down the field. Not that Jameis Winston is too, you know, uh, good at the deep ball. But, I mean, you, you just have somebody who can help you be competitive, and this might be a completely different record. Look at Tennessee now. They have Ryan Tannehill starting for them over Mariota, and they're 4-4 four and now. Yeah, yeah. Just rattled off 2-0. and oh. And so we'll see what happens there. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on. We don't we don't want to uh, belabor the point too much there. Um, what's okay, so – so I had another low, and um, I did my homework over the uh, bye week, and I, you know, of course, another off week, hospital trip, whatever, you know. Anyways, um, did my homework. Penalties consistently, we had nine called penalties on us, eighty-seven yards, and now they had six of them called. One of them was a huge one, which was a pass interference, which was early in the game, which was great for us, but. We only got three points out of that. They had nine penalties against them. Demar Dotson, in his career, has had fifty-five. Or sorry, after this game, it was fifty-six. Actually, it was fifty-seven, but fifty-six accepted penalties against them. Majority of those penalties were holding. We got to clean up the penalties. We said this last week or two weeks ago. We got to clean up the penalties. Because this is another way to kill the games. If it's not the turnovers, it's the penalties. And this is where it's going to kill you. Because literally almost every punt, there was a holding penalty. From the 20-yard line to the 10-yard line. Every kickoff. It, it was something. It was like no matter what, it was 10 yards and we were backed up. 10-yard line, 5-yard line, 7-yard line. And we kept backing up, backing up, backing up. And it just killed me. And it, I just died a little inside each time knowing that every every little yellow flag that I saw that it was like yellow you know penalty here penalty there but then the refs are keeping it in their pocket when James is getting hit in the head so Ooh. you know I, okay it, you're, you're so right penalty penalties especially and I wrote down it that was my number two as well penalties in key moments how how big would those two interceptions have been have been and and then the, the penalties negated both of those Carlton Davis uh, interceptions. Now, now, one you could argue. You could argue. Now, that one, that, let me tell now that one, I don't see, I don't like this pass interference thing. And yeah. I see this rule going away probably after this season. This is, this is, it's like on a one year, if I'm right, I think it's on a one year kind of like testing phase. I see them yeah. kind of like getting rid of it because. Literally, all the coaches are losing this defensive passive interference thing. Like, I don't think – I think out of all the league, I think only two coaches have actually won it out of calls that have actually been on it. So, to me, I see it going away, but go ahead and continue. Yeah, and, and it's just – it's so frustrating watching it because you – there was <laughs> there was one play. Well, and, and I mean, we again, we don't want to – we don't want to make excuses because it, let's let's be honest. This is a bad football team and they find ways to lose. Okay, that's the main story. We, we can't lose the main story here. Y yes, we can make excuses. Yes, the refs sh probably should not have called when Devin White made the hit on the punter. The ball was coming out. That should be a touchdown. That's not down by contact. I'm sorry. It's just the ball was coming out. You shouldn't have called that dead. It's just stupid things like that, but we can't make excuses. We just have to recognize, like, and I was telling somebody, I mean, this, the, look at the difference between a Seattle – which we'll talk about in, the, in just a minute, a Saints team, some of these teams that are just good teams, they lose their main quarterback, the Saints do, and uh, they just rattle off five in a row. Drew Brees comes back, pick it up right where they left off. They're just a good football team. I think they're bound for the Super Bowl. That's my prediction. But the Bucs, they're just not a good football team. And, nah, but uh, that, hit, is, that hit, though, on the punter. <laughs> I, was, I was hyped for that. I mean, that was, that's been the biggest play that Devin White's made of his career thus far. And I, I'm a big fan of Devin White, but I'd love to see more out of him. But anyway, I want to correct one thing, and this is based on, um, you know, one of the press conferences that just came out. And I was talking about Jameis Winston and the interceptions, and this is Bruce Arians talking. And so 
uh, whether this is coach speak or not, let me just say what he said. He said, Jameis didn't throw one uh, interception that was his fault. His receivers let him down today. You can write what you want. Not one of those interceptions was his fault, and it's a shame. And so, you know, take it take it or leave it, but that's what B.A. said. And so, you know, maybe some of these things will continue to be corrected. But I, I, I really think, man, that in the back of Bruce Arian's mind, he's thinking, man, I really thought I could fix Jameis Winston. I, and, uh, man, the way I, – I hope so because the way he's talking, man, is – He's all in on Winston, and I, if he, man, that that's that's scary to think, man. Just to think about it, it could, oh god. I know. Well, and here's my perspective: <laughs> is is we're probably not going to have the highest draft pick uh, unless we full on tank, and I don't see that happening. We have too much talent to do so. I say that the Bucks are going to ride out Jameis Winston this year, and then kind of evaluate where they're at if they need to franchise tag him which is really expensive for somebody that's so inconsistent, but they'll, they'll probably evaluate it at the end of the season. But I don't think that Bruce Arians is going to put up with this kind of decision-making and play um, for another year. And so hopefully he fixes them. I don't know. Uh, the Redskins did it with Kirk Cousins and uh, Kirk Cousins turned out pretty all right. I mean, he got a paycheck out of, at the end of the day. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a wait and see kind of thing, but, you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's the backup quarterback, because the Saints still look pretty good with Drew Brees there, so we'll see. And I'll just, I'll just leave this where it is that, I mean, Kirk Cousins is playing really good right now, too. And I, I'm of the mind that I was like, well, I don't trust Kirk Cousins. And then, of course, he, you know, he, he probably read my tweet or whatever and then, you know, went on this tear that he's been on lately. He's been really, really good. And I'm hoping that James Winston can have more really, really good games versus – really bad games and it kind of goes into this uh, last low that I'll talk about. And then we probably need to move on to our, our uh, preview. And and I bet you have a a perspective on this, but let me just give you my opinion. I was a little frustrated with the coaching today. And I I think that was a questionable challenge, even though I texted you and I said, Hey, look, I mean, maybe it was good. You know, what are you going to gain by, or what are you going to lose by taking that challenge? If you get it, you get the ball back. If you don't, then you just lose a timeout. Well, Kind of needed timeouts at the end of the game there. Um, and a questionable challenge call. And then, Brandon, the most frustrated I was the entire day was when we lined up for fourth and one. And Jameis is in the shotgun formation. Guess who's in the backfield? Peyton Barber. They hand the ball off. What? What kind of play call on fourth and one is that? I mean, just give the game away. I mean, there was no push by the offensive line, but still, I was so frustrated with, I, to me, what a terrible, terrible fourth and one call that was. Coaching, play calling, man, there was just some frustrating things all the way around. I give this a low. I was frustrated all day. I, I, and I, you, you probably hit both the times that I probably said the coaching staff probably did a good job, bad job too. Um, and it kind of you're you're right on the the challenge there, and this goes back to what I said a little while ago. Um, this challenge thing, it's it's gonna it's gonna do away with coaches. It really is, and regardless of what happens, um, you know, coaches are just gonna have to keep that that handkerchief in their pocket when it comes to defensive pass interference. I don't care what you're, you know. I know you need to trust your players, but at the same time. That that timeout did end up turning around and hurting us in the end. It really did. Yeah. So I mean, re- regardless of you know what goes on, um, yeah, just keep the keep the handkerchief in your pocket and you know just get on with it. Um, kind of hope you know it would be nice to it go away from coaches being able to challenge plays and just leave it up to the re- you know booth, but you know that's just my opinion. Yeah. Now, do you have any uh, other lows before we move on to our preview? Nah, man, we can go on to the preview, and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm just watching the Patriots destroy the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> so it's it's kind of entertaining to watch while we're doing this. So uh, let's go on to we got Seattle. We're going to Seattle. That's a four o'clock kickoff, so it's going to be a late night for us. Late night, but it's good because that means I'll get the kiddos to bed before we start recording. So that will be very good because I hear them like running around a muck back here. So it's all good. So if you guys, if you guys hear trains or sirens, don't be alarmed. It's just my kiddos running in the background. No big deal. 
Yeah, yeah, we got Seattle this week. Do you, do you want to uh, jump in? Or you want me to start? All right, go ahead and start, man, because I I've been I was kind of slacking this week. I've kind of had some health issues, so I really didn't get to do some scouting no, report. Don't you, dare, don't you dare pull the health card. Just own it like a man. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'll jump. In. Uh, okay, so Seattle. Uh, this is guys. I think we're gonna lose this game. They had a dud, <laughs> they had a dud game last week. They did. They had a dud game last week. But they're still a really good football team. This was actually really interesting for me to research. Um, yeah, you might have known if you researched, but that's okay. Uh, they have been winning with really efficient play from Russell Wilson. Now, remember, I said, you know, he was my dark horse MVP, man. Wilson has, and I kid you not, he has 17 touchdowns to only one interception. And guess what? That interception came last week. So he was 14 TDs to zero through games one to six. I mean, just can you even imagine that kind of quarterback play? I mean, we have Jameis Winston who, you know, now he's got, what, 12 interceptions on the season. I, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind. Just really efficient, though. And, and it's really giving them chances to win games. And they're not winning by a lot of points, and I'll get into that in just a second. But he, he's putting them in a position to win ball games, which is what we've been we've been trying to kind of – um, talk, Bucks fans have been saying this for years. James, just put us in a position to win the game. You don't have to do everything. Just put us in a position. He's doing that. Now, switching to the defensive side of the ball, usually Seattle has a stout defense, um, and that tends to be their MO. But this year they're consistently ranked around the 20th best defense in the league. Yards given up through the air and on the ground, points per game, et cetera. It's right around 20, yet they're still winning football games. Uh, this, To me, it just goes to show you how good of a team they are. They're winning football games, even with a defense that's not necessarily top tier. Uh, they're finding ways to win. And so uh, I did a little research, and this is so cool. Seattle has only won games this season. This is not including today's game, but I bet you it's only going to prove my point. Uh, yeah, they only won by a touchdown today. Um, but up until today, they've only won games this season by an average of 4.8 points. That's one possession. So they're not usually, you know, going in and they're not going to come in and blow you out. They just usually find a way to win ball games. Good teams do. And so I think this is going to be a tough matchup for Tampa Bay. And you saw today, Brandon, we had no fight in the fourth quarter. We did, we, man, when we went down 14 to three, I was thinking it's going to be ugly. We fought back. We did great through, th through quarters two and three. And then we couldn't find a way to win. In fact, we found a way to give the game away. And Seattle just doesn't do that. They, they win football games. They've been winning at a really high rate. They're now, I want to say they're 6-2 and two on the season. They're really yep. good. And, um, and so they basically have the opposite of, of our record. Um, it's going to be tough, man. Um, did you have any other observations from some of the Seattle I, games you've watched? Actually, yeah. And, you know, honestly, besides, you know, because they played against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens team last week. And they played – to be honest, that's a really good Baltimore Ravens team. So that probably was, you know, good for them because that Baltimore Ravens team was, you know, even though they're, they're that division and their team is not put together, they still put up a good fight. So that was a good game to watch. But I didn't realize we were playing Seattle. So, you know, I had the red zone. Go I just had the red zone going. And I was just like watching all the games, you know, just laying in a hospital bed like, oh. So this is what's going on. But seriously, in all seriousness, um, we're playing against Russell Wilson. We've had – last couple of years, we've had our gains against Russell Wilson. We've had his number. Um, but that le – that that uh, le or League of – the Legend of Boom or whatever yeah, they – Got you. I got you. you. You know, whatever they call themselves back in the day, it's not there anymore. Yeah. So they don't have that defense that they used to. So if Jameis – and Bruce Arians, and I can't believe the words that are about to come out of my mouth. If they can somehow pull out a miracle, there's a good chance we actually come out with a dub this week. But, but, our young defensive backs are going to get slaughtered yeah. by Russell Wilson. And that's going to be our downfall, in my opinion. Um it's just not even going to be – to me, I just don't even think it's really going to be a competitive game. Um, and I know that, like, my my prediction is is probably – yeah, it, it illustrates a little bit of a, a, per, a competitive game, but it might end up the way today's did, 
where, you know, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot and, you know, the Titans win the game. And so, you know, I don't know. I might have to change my prediction. I might let you go first and adjust mine just a little bit based on kind of what I've seen thus far in the game today. Remember, guys, we're recording these, and a lot of these games are either still going on or just finishing up. Speaking of, uh, San Francisco is in their division, and they are walloping the Carolina Panthers, 27-3. Hey, listen, that making that – I said it on one of my picks videos. I think it was this week. That 49ers team is hot, hot. I love what Lynch is doing. It makes that loss against us look a little bit better. I'm just saying. But I'll go ahead and do my predictions while you're fixing yours. Um, guys, unfortunately, I I just don't have the Bucks winning this week, and I I have the Seahawks winning twenty eight to seventeen. Uh, it to me it just it hurts a little bit to say it, but I just you know I see Jameis probably having a good day. Um. Hopefully, Mike Evans has a good day again. Godwin has a good day, but just don't see them putting it together. Not against the Seahawks. So I have them, the Seahawks twenty-eight, the Bucks seventeen. What about you, buddy? I've got I've got the Bucks losing as well. Um, I've got the Bucks losing twenty-one to thirty-one. Um, you know, I think we can rattle off a couple of touchdowns like we did today. But I say that the Seahawks uh, do plenty against our secondary. Um, And, you know, the X factor will be, I think my prediction could either be like really right or really wrong. Uh, Here's what I mean by that is that with the pass rush that we got today, uh, it can make any game competitive. So this could absolutely be one of those games where, Hey, the defense does find a way to put it together. We do have, you know, Wilson's number. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I think the Seahawks are going to beat us by two scores. Um, But we'll see. I mean, uh, this, this week we didn't do too hot. Um, you know, I had the Bucks winning today against the Titans, 21-20. And uh, the score ended up being, uh, of course, ended up being 27-23 competitive, but, but not my score. And you had the Bucks winning 34-28, uh, a little bit too much offense in that prediction. But then again, that's what can happen with any prediction. It's just a prediction. We're not Nostradamus. So, uh, if we yeah. were, we'd be billions and billionaires. But we're not. <laughs> So, uh, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead in the, in the little time we have left, uh, next 10 minutes or so, talk about our two-minute warning here. And uh, basically, this is a segment where we talk about our favorite Bucks content from the week and uh, some notable news from around the league. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, no, I'm going to go ahead and start. I didn't put it in our notes because um, it kind of happened Saturday um, or Sunday or Friday, sorry, and I was at work when it happened. But um, so Friday and, of course, in the Tampa Bay area, um, a lot of the homecomings are going on here. Um, but if you – Gerald McCoy and his family, a lot of his family – his family and wife are still here in the Bay Area. All the guys um, – a lot of the guys talking about, you know, Levante David, Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, um, Smith, they, they all went to his son's senior night at his football game. And filled in for Gerald McCoy because Gerald McCoy was traveling to San Francisco that day, and I thought it was just really cool to see. And it, you know, the Bucks wrote about it on their um mm-hmm. in their new in their news. But I thought that was my favorite Bucks content of the week to see guy. And this goes back to what you you know you were complaining about the jersey slop and everything. This this right here, my friend, is why this is bigger than football. It's about the family yeah. and this. This right here shows you why it's bigger than football. And to me, I was just really it, – it, it took away the division foes and everything. And I was just, it was just really cool to see, man. I, you know, I thought it was really cool. I totally agree. And in fact, this is uh, actually what I had uh, down too. Uh, but let me add a little bit more context because uh, the way I originally saw it – by the way, I totally agree with you. This is super oh, I didn't realize you had the same thing. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, uh, mine was fleshed out and very – you know, put together. That's okay. Um, I saw it originally on, I think it was Twitter. Let me read you the, uh, the caption. Or no, it was Instagram. He said, people don't, this is Jerome McCoy. He said, people don't understand the type of brotherhood that sports can build. In my time in the NFL, I've grown to earn true brothers. And this is an example of that. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love my kids. And to miss this, he put his son's uh, handle there. Uh, senior night really hurt me. But my brother stepped in for me. I love these cats, family for life. It's bigger than football. I totally agree, man. That was so cool. Just And it kind of gives insight, too, on just how strong the bonds that football can build between teammates, even former teammates. Oh, uh, this is why I'm glad I said it. 
would been like double back in on yourself what you said last, or two weeks ago. So, you know, but I didn't read the notes. So, <laughs> was, oops, don't just under there. Boom. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay. Give me, give me some of your news from around the league and then I'll uh, end with mine. All right. My news around the league. So let's talk about it. So, Drew Brees back in action. All right. Hot hand, hot hand. He came back, got the dub. I liked it. So we were talking about it throughout the week, th- throughout the week. We got the trade deadline. We got some big, oh, lost my mic there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what just happened? See, this is why I love doing this, this kind of thing. We just go off, off script and it's just, I'm like gobbling things here. Anyways, okay. Back to what I was saying. Big trades. I would love, and they're talking about Tom Brady. He's going into this last end of his contract here where they could void it. If that possibility of it getting void, Tom Brady, I would love to see you down here in Tampa Bay. I would just, I'm just saying. You know, that one, just saying, TB12, I, sign me up for a Jersey for a show. I would drop $100 right there for a Jersey for a show. <laughs> I'm just saying, TB12, yeah, down here in Tampa. You, look, we got a good retirement plan here in Tampa. You know, got the beaches, you know, got Miami, Disney World, you know. I, we got it all here in Tampa. Come on down, Tom Brady. I'm just saying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, man. I Listen, this is – part of the fantasy world that's living in my brain right now but you know just the they were talking about la uh the chargers you know they were just talking about a couple teams they never said the bucks but you know i'm just saying they're tom brady is getting to that what are your thoughts on it like what do you see happening with tom brady i i mean if if they go and they win the super bowl i mean i say he might retire he doesn't need to they've got a great defense there I've got a lot of weapons. Bill Belichick still, I mean, he could go for a couple more seasons and have another shot at a Super Bowl. I mean, he could really, truly go down as, I mean, the greatest of all time, not even close if he goes a couple more seasons. I could totally see him, though, considering, um, you know, getting the Super Bowl ring if he does or uh, and, and riding out on the sunset. If he doesn't get the ring, I say he, he does come back to the Patriots and resign. Um, but I, I know it's boring, but I just can't imagine seeing Brady in another uniform. It's just kind of me. God, man, I, you know, like I get like why Peyton did it. Like he was, he had that neck surgery and no one had an idea of what's going on and, or yeah, I said Peyton, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I'm see, I'm, I'm in my own little universe here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm catching on to this like TV 12 treatment going on here. Anyways, my, my I just, you know, you're right. Going back to reality, <laughs> I don't see it happening. Hey, 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 this moment, podcast listeners, Brandon, <laughs> that I was right. This doesn't happen. <laughs> but it, it, you've been right this whole podcast, to be honest. I'm just like in anger all, all, all day. But um, realistically, you know, you're right. And if he does win, and which they are looking hot, they just get better and better <laughs> and better with Mohamed Sanu. Hello, we were, what, we talked about it this when we were testing a couple things this week. You know, it, that trade, like, came out of nowhere. Yeah, I know. And, they, and then the Falcons look even worse. I mean, seriously. I mean, they, they were competitive today, but they, they that's, that's tough. I think, I talked to uh, my, my father-in-law is a big Falcons fan. He's from Atlanta. And he said, we're going to the, the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, versus Bucks game in Atlanta. And he said, let me put it to you this way. I will buy you lunch. If Quinn is still the the, uh, the coach by that the time that game comes, so even Atlanta fans are really uh, low on Quinn, and and so they're trading away assets. And the Patriots there were buyers, and I just think, man, they just do such a good job of uh, managing their picks and um, and their personnel. Um, well, uh, can we get on? Uh, let me let me give you one more uh, news headline here. We got to get out of here in just a second, uh, but this is actually a Bucks headline, and um, I-, I was really really excited about Jason Pierre-Paul coming back. That's been the big storyline around Tampa Bay is uh, he was activated for the game today. And I was a little worried. Um, and of course, by the way, he, he had the neck injury, which is sidelined him this season. Um, he's activated today. I was a little worried. It was going to be a Devin white type thing where he's activated, but he maybe doesn't play as much as we wanted him to. He was a massive impact today. And um, if, if our offense um, 
and the, the penalties and the turnovers, if those things didn't happen, I say we would have won the game and it would have been uh, a lot of it attributed to the impact of Jason Pierre-Paul. What a cool thing to have him back on uh, the Bucks defense. You know, of course, he, he, um, he him, himself, uh, a reporter asked him, he said, you know, how do you feel about people, you know, being a little bit skeptical of you coming back from a neck injury or whatever? And he goes, well, not a lot of people have blown their hand, hand off and come back from that too, have they? And I was like, hey, that's a good way to put it. He's got guys legend, man. Legend. Legend uh, healing status. He's got like 99 overall uh, health stamina on Madden, I'm sure. But um, the guy just is amazing. Uh, and, and what a cool story for him to come back and to be dominant in this game. And so I, I'm excited about our defensive line. I think we've got a great group of, of linebackers. And if we can do, uh, man, even a little bit at the trade deadline um, with our cornerbacks and our safeties, just in the defensive backfield, man, I think that we could begin to turn a corner with this defense. They've shown what they're, that they're capable of putting the clamps on. It's just not consistent yet. I mean, last week it was a 99-yard drive. This week it was a 90-yard drive. Those things can't happen. And the defense isn't there yet, but I think getting JPP back really puts them closer to being, quote-unquote, there. Absolutely, man, absolutely. All right, guys, so we're fixing to wrap it up here, so I'm going to give it with my last final thoughts, and then Micah's going to send us on home. Um, real quick, um, guys, we're fixing to hit this deadline, the trade deadline. We're less than 48 hours away. Bucks front office, I'm speaking to you. We got to get something done in this backfield. Get a leader, get something. That's what we need to go over the edge, in my opinion, and that's all I have for this week. Guys, it's been great. Micah, send us on home, buddy. And uh, as always, big thank you to Bucks Report. Beware the Bay podcast would not be where it is apart from the Bucks Report Network. You can find them on Facebook at Bucks Report. And so we're really grateful for Keith and uh, those guys over there at Bucks Report. Uh, you can also find us at Instagram and Twitter at Beware the Bay. And then on Facebook at Beware the Bay Podcast. Thank you guys again. Faithful, long-suffering, patient, sometimes angry, and that's okay, Bucks fans, for tuning into this podcast it was good to kind of get some of this off my chest. I feel a lot better, and I hope you guys do too. We'll see you again next week. This is us signing off. Goodbye. Peace.